you can support Fulmer's Folly on Patreon. Warning, listener discretion advised. The following episode contains themes some listeners may find disturbing. Fulmer's Folly, episode 6, Waifs and Strays. Samantha. Shush, shush, shush. It's okay. It's okay. Mummy's got you. Take a sip of water for me. Please. Penny. Honey, you need to take a drink. Make you feel better, yeah? Just a little sip. Good. Good. It'll be okay now, yeah? It will be okay. (laughs) We need to check on Ari, don't we? Yes. Yes. You come with me. I can't cry. Why aren't I crying? I should be crying. I should be in a heap on the floor, screaming. I want to. I need to. I need to prove. But there's just this strange emptiness. I can't seem to feel anything. I'm stood, half-naked under blankets, holding Penny's freezing body against my own skin like she's a newborn. Splinters of wood and vomit at my bare feet, and I feel nothing. Absolutely nothing. Like I've been twisted and squeezed so hard that every emotion has been wrung out. Something's wrong with me. I cried in the water, and when I saw him lying there and went below, every single part of me had screamed and screamed like there was nothing else. But I'd had to get the girls out of the water, had to put it away, and now... Why can't I cry? My gaze drifts blankly up through the shattered remains of the cabin door and the destroyed saloon to the open companionway. I want to see him stood there. I want it to be just another of those hellish dreams. But it's real. Jack is gone. And I am alone with our children.
You shouldn't use the autopilot. <laughs> she doesn't move or look away from the spot where Jack had been lying. A washed out beach towel draped around her bare shoulders as she sits in just her underwear. Swollen red face a mess as she repeatedly wipes it with her hands. Then takes great fists full of her hair and squeezes as more tears come. I should say something. Do something. I am her mum. So I should be able to make it better, right? But how do you make this better? How can I look her in the eye and say it will be okay? I stare blankly with her at the cockpit floor. Have you had some water? Harry? It's my fault. No. Yes. If I hadn't, you would have got him and, and I was so stupid, stupid. Stop, stop. Now you listen to me. Nothing that happened was because of you. Your dad tried to save us. And he knew that. He knew. He... She folds into me, my arms clutching her and Pen like I'm afraid to lose them. He... loved us. to turn my head to the speck of orange on the horizon off the port side. I'd been so afraid to look. Terrified I would see him standing there like the wasting when it arrived, watching us with his eyes. His face. But not him. And I'm so desperately sorry, Jack. I'm sorry I left you. I'm so sorry. I should have burned the lifeboat. I didn't want to leave you like this. Not like this. Fulma was drifting away when you fell and Pen, I, I had to get us back on the boat and then we had to run. My attention shifts to the boat closing behind us. That relentless shadow that had chased us into the storm. The predator had found us. And I can see him. The man in the red sailing jacket. And all the grief and pain turns not to fear, but rage. Absolute burning hatred 
for this man. There will be a time to grieve for your dad. But right now, I need you to do exactly what I say. No questions. No hesitation. Or we will die. Do you understand? What do you need me to do? Arietti watches me check knives and flares with a strange, devoid look from her position at the helm. It scares me. She's dressed, with her hair tied back into a tight bun like my own. A firm grip on the wheel as she steers Fulmer. Autopilot had failed and our batteries were empty. Here, take this. She takes the blade without question. Yet it looks awkward and out of place at the end of her skinny arm. Hold it tight. Don't stab yourself. No hesitation. My sweet pen stirs in her blankets near us. She's still so frighteningly weak. Come here. Shush. shush. Oh, it's okay. I lift her up. Move wisps of her soft hair from her face and put the back of my hand to her forehead. She opens her eyes to a sliver. It's okay. It's just mum. My heart lurches. Fingers rigid as I pull her in so her head loosely rests on my shoulder. I bring my lips to her head, close my eyes tightly, swallow hard, forcing away all torturous feelings, then turn and open them on the approaching boat. He's still watching me, the man in red. He stares at not the boat or the kids, but me. And there are others. One in a baggy black top with their hair tied back in a raggy ponytail, readying a stern line. And another sorting a bow line, tall, hair shaved to their skull, and despite his lean frame, he shifts his arms quickly, feet remaining planted whilst his knees absorb any movement from the deck. <laughs> what is it they think we've got? Why do they keep hounding us? They must see pen in my arms. Arietti. Never. Well, I never let them touch. Wedge pen in the forward cabin so she can't move. Touch nothing but what I showed you. Understand? The door's broken. You're not locking in. You come straight back. Quickly. Right? Yeah. Okay. Okay. You can do this. My fingers grip the wheel so hard they go numb. I look back at the predator. 
She's so close. The bony outline of the tall man's angular face shifting from us to his new task of tying on fenders, ready for when the boats inevitably bump alongside each other. He's young, maybe early twenties. Ponytail has dropped back behind the sail, the predator on heel mirroring Fulmer. I'm sure I saw another move in the cockpit area. Four, maybe? Including the man in red? He keeps a steady watch on me from his position at the helm. Hood raised despite the mild morning so that all that's visible are his dark eye sockets leering at me from underneath their sail. Their sail? I look at ours, and then the Predator's. Fulmer's on a beam reach, with the wind directly off our starboard side. The side the Predator is approaching. When they draw close, her large sails will block our own, steal our wind, and will allow them to reel us in with little effort. But if I change course, the gap between us could close. No. I'm not going to make it easy for them. I shift the wheel and Fulmer starts to cut in front of the Predator's bow until she too begins to alter course. Our speed slowing as our bow turns closer to the direction of the wind. Shit. I need to trim the sails. Take the wheel. Frantically, I start trimming in the Genoa for close haul. Tightening the main. Crap. I need to find unit. Oh, shit. Jack, you were better at this. The Predator is closing easily. The tall lad puts his leg over the bow rail. Ponytail is back at the stern. Another man sits aside. Four. Four men in total. The rocket flare whizzes above the tall lad's head, bounces on their sail and drops to their deck, fizzing red smoke. I take the wheel from Ari, bring Fulmer as close haul as I can so that the Predator can't pass us on our starboard side as she'll be heading into the wind. I look back and see Ponytail calmly boot the smoking flare from their deck. The tall lad on the bow is grinning as though the whole thing's somehow funny. I stick my middle finger up. He smiles again. I immediately pick up the last rocket flare and aim it at him. He holds his arms out, palms up, tauntingly as his boat begins to veer off to port and take a faster sailing line. But the Predator seems to deliberately increase the distance between us, almost steering away. Are they leaving? No. They're just trying to stay out of the shadow of our sails. What does that mean? If our sails are between them and the wind, they lose their power. So, So we're okay? No. The man in red gestures to his crew to move the fenders and lines over to the other side as their boat takes a parallel course to ours. They're going to try and get ahead, then turn into us. I watch the tall one moving on the bow, the image of his smug smile and gross words. Penny's wedged in, isn't she? Yes. Properly? Yes. What are you going to do? Mum? Brace yourself. I turn the wheel sharply and Fulmer veers towards the Predator. Mum? Brace! 
Her crew stagger, then rush to check for damage as her fenders were not yet out. From here, I can see a mark, but no obvious crack or split. Fulmer rears up on a wave as I turn in again. Our boat may be older and slower, but her fiberglass hull is thicker. Watch her! Pass me a hand flare. Smoke. Quick. As we bounce off them, I throw the smoking flare at their cockpit, then turn the wheel hard to get clear. The crew swear and curse at me. Actually, outraged, we have the audacity of fighting back. The tall one spits through his garbled yells. I raise an arm, palm up. He sticks both his middle fingers up at me. But amongst the abuse being hurled and the orange smoke trailing from the predator's cockpit, I see the man in red. He checks his sails, the position of our boats, and the trailing smoke. Then suddenly, the threats of his crew fall dead silent, heads swiveling to him like he said something. And they resume their positions as he changes course to come at us. Ready about? Ready? Helm to Lee! Lee Ho! Come on, come on! Ari frantically hauls on the working sheet as we tack hard to starboard. The Genoa fluttering as our bow sweeps through the direction of the wind. The boom swings across and the Genoa flicks to the other side and goes taut as our sails reacquire the wind. Basically, we'd turned to the right and the wind was now hitting the other side of the boat. I look back, hoping to see her caught out. A huge growing distance between us. But the man in red has already begun the tack to follow. His crew fast and efficient. Their boat barely breaking pace as it quickly resumes its pursuit and closes the little gap we'd won. I watch as he effortlessly tosses my smoking flare overboard. Should we tack again? No. I crouch so my eyes are level with hers. I take her shaking hand, put the knife back in it and close her fingers around it. No matter what happens next, you fight. You fight and you stab and you kick and bite. And... I hear the predator behind me drawing alongside, her crew yelling as they get ready. I bring my hand to Ari's face to guide her eyes back to mine, wiping away tears with my thumb. My lip quivers. She's only eleven. I try to smile, to lie that it will all be okay. But Arietti closes her eyes. She purses her lips until they go white and pulls in several deep breaths. And when she opens them, I do not see my little girl. Shit! I hear something heavy hit the deck near me and then feel something hard strike my head. Oh. Oh. They're throwing things. Oh, come on. Focus. Cut the line. Cut it. The tall lad on the other end of the line hauls in fast. Oh, he's fucking blunt. 
and the other the same age stand either side of me. Ari? Where's Ari? One grabs my arm to force the knife from it. I slam my fist into the side of his head, try and headbutt him. But the tall one comes up behind me and wraps his arm around my upper body to pin mine. Shh, shh, shh. Calm down. Calm I try to headbutt him, turn my head to get my teeth in, the other trying to bend my fingers from the knife. I kick him, but he grabs my leg. I swing the other one up, hoping to connect with something, but he just catches it. I writhe and wriggle, try to get enough leverage to stab one of them. Drop the knife! Fuck you! Suddenly, the tall one carrying my torso twists violently, the other still pinning my leg straight. Muscles tear and joints strain. The other thankfully lets go, saving my knees, but I'm spun by the tall one and body slammed into the deck face down. They scratch and pick at my fingers still clamped around the blade. Get it out of her hand! Twisting my wrist and threatening to snap it. Don't let go! I throw my head back, feel a crunch. You stupid! My hair is viciously yanked, snapping my neck back. What the fuck are you doing? Then my face is slammed into the deck again and again. I taste the blood, a dizzy head screaming. I can't focus. The knife, keep hold. Don't let them get it. He presses down on my skull like he's trying to drive it through the deck. I feel the other going at my hand again. Shut it! The blurry world starts to come back into focus. Ponytail stood in the cockpit, cradling her arm. She's a young woman, and she's holding a knife. With blood. Ari? Ari? Ari! Shut it! I can't see her! Ari! Arietti! I fight and squirm to break free, but he brings his knee up to throw his whole weight down onto my spine. Ponytail glances towards me without expression, then to something on the floor of the cockpit. What have you done? Someone pins my legs. Arietti! Where? I... I'll fucking kill you! Don't let go of the knife! Drive it into her neck! Kill her! Then the boot slams into my face. Oh, pain. Oh, terrible pain. Oh, it feels like my skull's cracked. Oh, it's so hard to open my eyes. It's so... Come on. Square. A hatch. Yes, the forward hatch. Oh, come on, keep your eyes open. A hatch. It's above me. I'm on the bed. I... Uh, Jack? He put me here. Yes. He saved me from the water. Cruise ship. 
Wasting. Jack. The cabin fogs and warps as I try to focus. Keep my eyes open. There's a man standing over me. Morning. I look from him to my clothes. Still dressed. Or have they? I don't. Arietti. She's crumpled on the floor by his feet, holding pen. A nasty bruise on her face and cut above her right eye. She's pale. Her eyes fixed on him. But alive. And with pen. Stay. Are you hurt? She shakes her head. Did... Did they touch you? What kind of people do you think we are? I don't know how to respond. It's like he fills the room. Head stooped low. Arms bracing against the roof as he stands directly in front of the door. The man in red. His hood is drawn back to let his salt and pepper hair spill out to rest just above his shoulders. Face etched with deep wrinkles about his eyes and brow. He shuffles a heavy boot amongst the splinters of wood on the floor. His grey eyes flicking to me to ask the question. Wasting. His feet stop. When? This morning. What did it touch? Everything. He seems to chew the words over. Your wee girl. Is she infected? Yes. In a flash, he pulls a mask up over his stubbled chin, pulls a knife from his belt and reaches out a gloved hand to grab pen. No! 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 no, no stop! She's not infected! She's not! Please! I swear! Please! Please! Fulmer's folly to the boat off our port stern. Do not approach infected aboard. Wasted. A lie! I made it up! Please! Please! She isn't! She isn't! I swear! Just... Please! I'm begging you! Please! <laughs> I don't get the impression you're the type to beg. He replaces his knife, drops his mask and resumes his stance. And I doubt you'd let your other hold her if she were. But the question remains, where is he? Who? The man I saw throwing things from your deck. Dad? He died. Shush, shush. And how did he die? Ah, I thought so. Just take what you want and go. What I want. Send the Wayans upstairs. Why? Would you prefer them to stay? My eyes flip from his to the empty spot where the boat hook normally is. Arietti, no! My fists grip tightly on the sheets. You go next door. Keep your back to me. No. No matter what. But, but that's 
Stay where I can see No. Upstairs. On deck. The wheel ass could do with some air. <laughs> it will be okay. Mum? I'll, I'll be okay. Protect Pen. You want my knife? No. Your eyes give you away. He perches on the edge of the bed. I, I shoot back as far as I can. Did he die well, your man? He remains perfectly still. The pressure of his constant stare burns into me. His deafening silence eventually pushes me to nudge my head in a shake. You're not wearing a wedding ring. I curl the naked finger under my hand. It was in the locker behind his head. It had kept slipping because I'd lost so much weight. I was afraid I'd lose it. Why the hell does he want to know? He's messing with me. Twisted shit's getting off on it. The hip with his knife is turned towards me. No, don't look. You'll see. Does he have a gun? I, I have only seen knives, but they m must have guns. What's your name? You are going to tell it me. Go to hell. Oh, we're already there. Your man's a wasting, isn't he? You leave him rotting on... I lunge at him. <coughs> He blocks a punch from my right, but I manage to clip him with my left before he takes hold of both of my arms. I try to headbutt him, but he dodges and launches me back onto the bed, jarring my head and sending shooting pains from all over my body. I despise putting hands on a lass. People who do are some of the lowest forms. You're scum! Parasites! Aye, and yet you were stealing from another boat when we first crossed paths. So we're both parasites in some ways, aren't we? But the difference is, my crew will be alive tomorrow, whilst you and your daughters... You touch them, I swear! What? What are you going to do about it? Jimmy! The tall lad climbs down to stand with him at the end of the bed, face bruised and nose mangled from where I'd cracked him. I crouch up on the bed, pressing back into the wall, Katie? Bladen stopped. Any permanent damage? He glares at me, like he's furious we fought back, and shrugs. I want everyone masked up before we start stripping the boat. Liam's to clean everything before it goes across to ours. Are you listening? I heard you. He's tensed up, glaring across the bed at me. The man in red turns his back to me, leaning in close to his ear. Don't you dare. His face twitches irritably, and he leaves. He's rather fond of Katie, who your last sliced up. What do you expect? Some beg. Some don't give a shit anymore, and they're just glad it's over. Then there are those like you. He sits opposite me at the saloon table, opening the tin of pineapple rings I'd been saving for Penn's birthday whilst Ponytail and the other young lads stand by the kitchen sink, 
draining our freshwater tank as they clean her bloodied arm. They've already cleared our food stores onto their boat. It didn't take them long. Sorry. Oh, just get on with it. Can you still wiggle your fingers? Mm. Oh. Oh, I think it needs stitches. Can you do that? It's just sewing, right? Oh, I want Jim to do it. Do you have a first aid kit on board? My eyes flit to ponytail and back. I shake my head. Go and look in the forward cabin, Liam. The lad starts to move, but taps his head <sighs> on the plastic mobile we'd made from Fanta bottles. He rips it down irritably and leaves. He and Ponytail shoot each other looks. I want to cave her face in. I want my girls with me. I'm sure you do. So? Oh, this can's a year out of date. Do you think it's okay? You're pathetic. Funny little boat yours. Battery dead, engine seized, a wreck down here. I'm curious. Why didn't you just take that other boat? First aid kit. Hey, hey, hey! She's pulled a gun, marching across the room, pointing it at my face. The man in red raises a hand, and she stops. Behave yourself. She's a fucking liar! What's going on? Kate is just a wee bit upset. Go back up, finish loading the boat. I ain't your dog. He stands. Even though Jim is tall, he's still forced to look up at him as he presses in. Katie pointing the gun at me from between them. Jim fidgets, his eyes shooting from me to him, then Katie and Liam, before finally down. The man in red then takes the gun from Katie, places it on the table, and resumes his seat. Jim tries to catch Katie's eye, but finding her, too, looking at the floor, seems to bruise his ego. This boat's a joke. Ain't nothing here worth that storm. Wasting been here. Katie cut up. What's in your head? The man in red shoots up. Jim's eyes immediately dip. I eye the gun left on the table, inches from his hand. I tense my right arm. It seems to me as you have a complaint. Katie and the other have backed off, looking down the same as Jim, the man in red facing him. My nails pick at the cuts on my hand, hurting to get the gun. Oh, it's so close. But I'll have to stretch over the table and his hand's right next to it. Like a sulky child, he shuffles back above deck. Katie and Liam following. Katie's a passionate girl. Sometimes the heat gets to her. That why she hits children? She could have shot her. <laughs> what is it you used to do before all this? What are you? Curious. Why? Does it make it better when you murder kids? No, oh, the apocalypse is dull. You're sick. We've all got our funny little ways of passing time. They're behaving themselves, Liam. Katie's not kicking down on the wee lass, is she? Liam looks at me, then whispers something into his ear. I squirm in my seat, try to see Ari through one of the windows, listen for her. I want that gun. No more now. You tell her that. <laughs> tell her she should come down. I want to be out of here. <laughs> I lunge for the gun, but he clamps his hand hard round my wrist. 
than the other when I try to punch him. See to your business, Liam. If she... If any of them have... I'm sure I can't possibly know what you're going through right now. Especially with your man. Shut up! Everything! Everything that's happened, that's going on, we're all fighting just to exist. And you... How? How... How do you get like you? If you want to eat meat, you've got to kill the animal. I'm in charge of a boat of waifs and strays that society left behind by life long before wasting ever arrived. The scary fact is, we are just people, same as yourself, trying to survive. No. You do this because you can't survive. Mm, you know I haven't had a pineapple in years. You're a parasite, leeching off others because you're too weak and scared to find a way yourself. You're nothing but a shit stain on someone else's clothes. <laughs> when you fired that flare and stood on the stern with your wee knife, I knew you'd be interesting. No, I am not going to play your games. You bring me my girls. Finish thieving and get off my boat. The underseat lockers open when I climb into the cockpit. Liam is waiting, but his stony expression is locked on something on the forward deck. I turn to see Ari sat rigid by the mast. Her nose is bleeding, eyes wide and frantic. Katie stood next to her. One of her arms bandaged up, but in the other is Penny. Put her down. Does it bother you? Give her back to Arietti. She steps closer to the side with open water. Arietti jumps up. I shoot forward. Careful. Don't rock the boat. I only have the one arm working. Can she swim? Don't. Please. Katie's face is cold and emotionless, like she's neither upset nor enjoying watching me squirm. It's like she's completely detached. No first aid kit. I I'm sorry. Please just give her back. Katie. She looks to Jim, who shakes his head. She blinks like she's emerging from a dream. Seems confused at holding pen, then hands her over quickly to Ari before crossing over to her boat. Are you okay? I tried to keep hold of her. I know. I really tried. Shush, shush, shush. It's okay. I hold them both, the predator crew continuing to work around us. Did they hurt you? No. Did they? No. I'm sorry, Mum. I tried to keep hold. Shush. It's okay. It's okay. I see the scratch down her arm and the new bruise on her face. Over her shoulder, I watch Katie step back on board and go below. Then I see Jim watching us. He crosses his neck with a thumb. They're taking everything. Even though not all had worked, they'd taken off the solar panels. I can see our rain tops stacked in their cockpit. A noise from the open forward hatch tells me they're in our bedroom. 
They're even draining the sludgy diesel from our tanks. I turn to look at the coast. We're drifted closer, but we're still so far out. Part of me curses Jack. Why did he leave us? Why didn't he listen to me? If we'd just swum for it. Oh, Jack. <laughs> I smile uncontrollably, tears streaming down my face as we both cling to her. It's so good to hear her voice. They keep us on deck by the mast. No food, no water. Sky turning dusky pink as our boats steadily drift closer to the coast. One of them always keeping an eye on us. Have a drink. I know, darling. Can my daughters please have a drink? No. They haven't drunk anything all afternoon. Oi, sit Don't down. touch me. I shake off his grip, but he shoves me hard against the mast. His bruised nose filling my vision and hot breath on my cheek. Where do you think you are right now? I'm going to get them a drink of water. Why? You'll all be dead soon anyway. You'll have a slit your throat before we leave. I try to move past him, but he pushes me back against the mast. <laughs> do I frighten you? I look directly into his eyes with as much hate as I can muster. I do, though, don't I? You think you know me. What I'll do. Truth is, I don't know myself. People like you haven't a fucking clue how it really is. Swan about thinking the world owes you something. Because you got a nice job, two cars and a mortgage. I don't give a shite about your kids. Just like how you didn't give a shite about me. You'll be rotten like your man soon. Tread softly. You broke my nose. He presses his body against my own. It would be so easy to do something bad to you before the end. Make you feel big, does it? Rape threats? Well, all men are rapists, right? You are not a man. You know nothing about me. My eyes flit to something over his shoulder, and he turns his head to follow. Katie stood watching from the Predator's cockpit. The muscles in his jaw twitch, and for a fleeting moment, I think I see shame. Until it fades, and he turns back to me. It's your mind that thinks it. Are you okay? <sighs> yeah. Our business is concluded. Prepare to make way. It would be easier on your wings if it was a quick end. You... get off my boat. Oh, that's pride talking. You think you're in hell now? Wait until you have to watch your child die. No. Stop. Stop! You stop and look! Arietti and Penny, those are their names. Arietti likes the rain, not the cold, harsh rain of storms, but, but when it's soft and we can collect water. She, she misses the feel of grass and barbecues and loves to steer the boats. 
Penny likes to sing. It, it can be the most shitty moment, but she will still smile at you and ask if you're okay. <laughs> She's two. You don't do this. Not to them. You can't. <laughs> Watch. They just watch with expressionless faces. Worse than the rotting one of the wastings, yet still like something's gone wrong inside, and they just can't make that connection with empathy. The walking dead. They release their lines. There's absolutely nothing left. Is the fresh water tank empty? Mum? Here, Pen. There's not much. There's no cups. You'll have to drink out of my hand, yeah? Thirsty. There isn't any more. Have a drink. I don't have any, Pen. Drink. Don't keep asking. I don't have any more. Understand? Won't that. Mum, where do I tell her? <laughs> it's as though the tears will never stop. I bury my head into her shoulder and just let go. And there are no words that can possibly describe it. And no other thought. All I want is him here. At the end of it all. We'll find a way. I part with her to turn away. Suddenly so utterly ashamed and furious with myself. I should have saved them. I should have been able to. I wish I'd died killing every one of the Predator's crew. I should have kept on fighting and fighting and I just let them leave. Jack, I don't know what to do. The haunting images from the Calypso force their way into my mind. The terrible, unforgivable choices their parents made. And the terrible death that awaits my own children. We'll find a way. They bring my palm to Ari's cheek. Yeah. In the dying light of the saloon, I see something metallic sat purposefully in the centre of the table. He had left me my knife. We keep on fighting, don't we? Never stop. You said... Yeah. That's what I said. Look at me. Mum, look at me. We keep going. You said we keep going, because he saved us. My eyes go back to hers, and then to Penn. He saved us. 
We have to keep going. Keep going. <laughs> keep going. I pull her forehead to meet my own. It's been a really bad day. <laughs> okay. Okay. We're okay. We're okay. We'll find a way. I'll make it work. With the last dregs of light, I bring Fulmer to anchor as close as I dare to the coast. The rocky cliffs that loom just a short distance away unnerve me. Uh, I can't decide whether the total darkness of the boat is a good thing for cover, or its blindness just adds to my anxiety. I sit in the cockpit, clutching the knife he'd left ears straining for any sound other than the water lapping against our hull. My head is killing me. Penny didn't go to sleep easily and keeps waking up asking for food and drink. And even though Ari's not saying anything, I can see she's not feeling good. They're probably sat in a warm lit saloon eating our food right now. I check the empty pineapple tin next to me to see if any morning dew had yet formed on its metallic surface. I'd even dropped the main and laid the sail out in folds across the deck in the hope of catching at least a mouthful. I'm scared any dew will just be salty and leave us worse off. I've never prayed so hard for rain. This is the first time in two years he hasn't been here. Mum. Mum. What? What? You were asleep. Oh, I don't... Oh, I don't remember falling. Oh, I'm sorry. I'm really sorry. Oh. There isn't much, is there? No. But maybe the sails? There isn't much there either. You should give it to Penn. You need some too. I need your help to sail the boat. Look, it's getting light. Let's go a bit further up the coast and see if there's an obvious freshwater source. How are we going to get it into the tank? <sighs> Sorry. No, it's okay. You're thinking. <laughs> I'll have to... Try and find something ashore. Maybe I should go and you stay here. <sighs> Don't be stupid. Look, it's getting light. Let's get moving. The Genoa takes some jiggling to unfurl. The anchor, too, proving a pain. Penny is suffering. I think Ariete is, too. The pitiful amount of water collected, barely enough to wet their mouths. And no food at all. I keep watching the shoreline as we sail round a bay. 
Please let there be something. You remember when Dad put us on that sunbar? First trip out. <laughs> he was really embarrassed. <laughs> it hurts. Yeah? I don't think Penn realizes yet. <laughs> I'm going to take us round the next headland. Drop anchor. They took the canoe, so I'll have to swim ashore. There looks to be mussels and limpets on the rocks I can collect. I know what I said about eating them raw, but... There's a body in the water. I shift to her side of the cockpit. The lifeless form hanging with their face down drifts alongside us to starboard. Their long, dark hair fanned out like some great clump of seaweed, and their bare arms bloated with the colour of death. They were wasting. I pull Ari back from the side, then slowly shift my eyes upwards to the cliffs above. Five figures quietly walk along with us, following. We can't land the boat. I can't get water. I can't save us. Sam was played by Sally Walker-Taylor. Arietti was played by Tina Marchitalo. Penny was played by Eva Stacey. The Man in Red was played by Derek Murray. James was played by Chris Harris-Beachy. Katie was played by Rhiannon Mauchel. Liam was played by Mitch Howell. Producer, Lizeth Ramirez. Directed by Matt Stacey. Written and directed by Matt and Becky Stacey. Music by Samar Benapal. This was a Static Airwaves production. Big thanks to our patrons, John Wood and Slater.